grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Hey, Frank, how are you doing tonight? Doing terrific, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good. And the topic for our conversation today is the power of sanctifying grace. Now, we've talked about grace before. It's not a substance, of course, but it's a, a gift, a disposition. It's a state of being in which God allows us to share in his life. So start us off, Frank. What is this grace and why do we need its power? Well, if we if we rely on our natural power to get to heaven, we'll fall short. It doesn't matter how we feel about it the scriptures are clear about it we are born children of wrath we're members of a fallen race so it's totally beyond our nature to get to heaven no amount of money or positive thinking can get you there you do need to be in the state of sanctifying grace and i think that's why this is an important topic yeah when we try to explain sanctifying grace to a child or a young person we start by saying that the word sanctify means to make holy and we first receive the gift of sanctifying grace at baptism. So we remind them and ourselves that original sin is washed away when we're baptized, of course. Right. And we are returned to the original holiness that God intends for all his children. So we're born again, and we receive new life in Jesus as children of God. So now we are in a state of sanctifying grace. Right. And in order to get to heaven, a person must receive grace from above that right. can only come from God as a free gift. And we can only receive it on earth. On earth, we can pass from a state of sin to a state of grace. Once you die, that all ends. The state of our souls then become unchangeable. Yeah. I think it's Ephesians where it says the Holy Spirit's presence truly and inwardly transforms man. It is sanctifying grace, which elevates our being and our acting, enable us to live in relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think the, the famous Catholic author Frank Sheed said it best when he said, that supernatural life given to man in his life and what a man does with it, is really the primary story of our life. Everything else is incidental. That's why when we're when we're given this grace at baptism, it's important to stay in that state. The supernatural life is known as sanctifying grace. And sanctifying grace does not change the way we act. It changes our being. We share in God's life when he places this grace in our soul. That's interesting because it's, it's interesting that God is acting in our lives. I think it's in the Old again, in Proverbs, where it says, like gold in the furnace, he proved them. So there's this, this notion about the fire of baptism and the fire of, of grace that's being done in an onward, ongoing way from God, right? Yeah, and it's a good analogy. St. Basil the Great compares our soul to a piece of iron in a fire. Right. And the fire represents God as uh, fire penetrates the iron. The heat is then infused in the iron. Grace penetrates our soul like that heat. Yeah. 
And I can't give you grace, right? God, grace comes from God. And in 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 Second Peter, the apostle says that God's divine power has bestowed on us everything that makes for life and devotion through the knowledge of him who calls us. And through his own glory and power, he bestows on us the precious and very great gifts of sanctifying grace so that through it, we can come to share in his divine life. Yeah, one of the one of the things that you'll notice uh, with people who are not in grace is that they turn away from God and the person dwells on him or herself. Right. And they make self the main goal of their life. And the activity is because at this point um, to him or her, there's nothing higher than themselves. You know, the amusements or occupations they take up all of their time. And that's the most important thing to him or her. Right. You know, the one who makes self his exclusive goal is never really himself or herself. Instead, everything is outside of them. And you'll notice one of the hallmarks of a sinful life is the total disregard for salvation. You know, you just reminded me of this, uh, this parable, the story we've just read in the Bible, the lost son, the prodigal son, right? right? who represents right. the sinner who repents and is received back and forgiven by his loving father. And the father in the story represents the mercy of God, which extends beyond what we truly deserve and is given joyfully, and it's never ending. But the older son, I find myself relating more to him as I get older. He's looking at his brother and comparing his brother's situation with his own, right? He's judgmental. He's dismissive. He feels cheated. And that distracts him from his current state and from all the gifts he has. So he says to his father, where's my party? And his father says, my son, you are here with me. Everything I have is yours. And what I have is the ability and desire to forgive and to love. And so do you have that. The great capacity to love is now yours because you are with me in a state of sanctifying grace. And I got to tell you, how many times of myself when I get irritated with people or frustrated with someone, I just wish they'd get out of my way. And I forget that I'm a child of God, baptized and given the ability and the desire to love and serve. And through the power of sanctifying grace, God is calling me and us to grow in the direction of more love, more truth, and more freedom. Yeah, and I think one of the really sad things is the person in this condition that isn't in that state of sanctifying grace, they never sense the danger that their soul is really in. And, you know, what happens when we're not in sanctifying grace is that the merits of our good works become blocked because we're disconnected from God. Yes, if we do good works, we'll get the applause of the world. Um, you know, we get the world's approval, but not God's. But the good news is, is that once we confess sincerely with a firm amendment to change, that credit uh, of our good works is then restored to us. So that's why we harp on confession a lot, but it it's super important. You know, we yeah, hear, yeah. right? Think we hear about the Eucharistic uh, revival, which is great, but I think that we need a, um, you know, a penitential revival, you know, because that's what we, you know, that's that's when we gain uh, gain our grace back. Makes sense because grace, according to the catechism, is an habitual or it's a repeated gift right? That mm -hmm. comes to us again and again. And so by going to confession 
and 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 cleansing ourselves of sin, we ha- we're we are available to receive this repeated gift that perfects the soul to enable us to live with God and act by His love. Yeah, I think that that sums it up pretty well, Deacon. Nice work, Frank. Okay, folks, don't forget to like us and follow us and send us an email at ANY. Catholic conversation at gmail.com. That's A N Y Catholic conversation at gmail.com. And as we say, if you have something on your mind that you'd like to share with us or that you'd like us to, to, to cover, by all means, let us know by email. Frank, I love you a lot. And I'll talk to you next time. Okay. God bless. Thanks, Deacon.